Hi, I'm Sophia Peretz, and we're back with the Alternative Zero Project. We've been talking about the U2 stories for a while, but we're going to sort of redirect and talk more about the CJMT and just keep um, diving deeper into what this plan would do to the Marianas. So for this episode, we have my Uncle Pete back in the studio. Hi. Hey, Uncle Pete. Uh, He's wearing the lime green reading glasses that my aunt bought him. Looking stylish, Uncle Pete. Oh, thank you. She does that to um, to make me uncomfortable, and I just pretend I'm not. It works really <laughs> well. We're both happy. And in front of him is this sheet of stats about exactly what the CJMT would do. So, Uncle Pete, if you wouldn't mind, like reading from the sheet? Yeah, I think I'll share these numbers with you. Essentially what these numbers are is another way that we communicate with the public to have them visualize, or maybe visualize not quite the right word, but to to comprehend the magnitude of what's about to happen to them. Um, some people, numbers just, just do it. So what we did here is we got these numbers out of the CJMT EIS. That was the, the environmental impact statement that the uh, Navy and, and the Marines provided that uh, fortunately we shot down and they had to start all over. But there was a lot of information in the 1500 page document. There was other information in the um, Marianas, uh, Mariana Islands training and something, I forgot what it is, the, the MITT. Mm-hmm. So well, the, first the Mariana Islands training and testing. There you go, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the one where they, they took over a million square miles square nautical miles, which are bigger than land miles, mm-hmm. of open ocean around the Marianas and declared that their training area. So um, they had an EIS for that. And then the CNMI government, in response to these, these EISs, in their comments, um, they provided a lot of information. So that's where these numbers are gleaned from. They're, they're from official uh, documents, not something that we made up or pulled out of the newspaper or some website somewhere. So the first number is, uh, is just a, a grounding number. The total number of acres of land in the CNMI, it's 113,280. That's all our land, all the islands. Now, right now, 15,859 of these acres are under military control. That's 14% of all the CNMI's land. Now, with the CJMT, the numbers would increase. The number of acres the CMI would lose, would, uh, total, total would go under uh, military control is 27,187. So what percentage is that? That's 24 percent of all our land. Okay. Now that's not just 24 percent of our worst land, that includes our best land. They still have uh, the, the land around our best harbor, they have the top two-thirds of Tinian, which is really nice land, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty flat. We, you know, we are an island. Uh, an archipelago, we, we don't have uh, a lot of land, period. Right, and but another thing that's worth noting is that the land that they have right now, they're not destroying. The northern two-thirds of Tinian are being used mostly for uh, cattle raising and whatnot. Uh, there's like lots of parks in the CNMI, so this plan would change the way that the land that they have is being used. Yeah, that's a very good point. It'd go from 14 or 15, oh, what is it, 14 percent of all our land that that is really not being used for destructive purposes to a total of 24%, that is. Mm -hmm. Um, And now you look at this number and you compare it to what the military already has, and that number is 30 million. That's the total number of acres of land that the U.S. military currently uses for training purposes outside the CNMI. 30 million acres. 
Now this is what they use to train 1.2 million people, that servicemen, servicewomen, in programs that are fully developed in facilities that are fully developed and paid for. And, um, and they're talking about taking our islands so they can train uh, about 4,800 Marines. And what, are, what we're saying is it's, it's, it's ludicrous. Uh, 2,800 Marines, put them on the planes and send them with everybody else and join those programs that the U.S. government has already paid for, the U.S. public has paid for. Don't destroy new islands. Don't make everybody pay for that for the sake of 4,800 Marines. Yeah, they're treating CNMI land as if it has basically no value. <laughs> it's really true. Yeah, it can be just trashed and there's no consequences. No, no consequences to them. And, and that just supports what we all know, that, I mean, the, our belief that uh, we are irrelevant to the military. Okay, so now let's look at some other numbers we got. This is 833,986,973 acres of open ocean. Now that number is to compare with the land, because normally you talk about nautical miles, which is, in that case, is 984,000 square nautical miles. So to get an idea of the size of this training range around the Mariana Islands, that's larger than the states of Washington, Oregon, California, Idaho, Nevada, Arizona, Montana, and New Mexico combined. The CJMT would give them that land, or they got that through the MIT? They already got that through the MIT. Mm. Now, when you talk about that amount of, the, of open ocean mm -hmm. and everything within it, now what that means is this, the, the Navy has, has designated that area as their authorized live fire training area, and it includes the land within it. So does that mean they can just like shoot torpedoes underwater? Uh, well, they like, can, what does that look like? They, what they know? can do is they can do live fire training on, in, and above the water. They can do uh, sonar training underwater, the, the one that we all know is killing marine life. Mm -hmm. um, they can do underwater explosive training. Um, yeah, they can shoot missiles. They can do anything they want out there. Now, the, the islands that are there, they still have to get clearance if these are islands. Uh, where people live. Where people live, even where people don't live. There's governments that have jurisdiction, so they have to clear that, which is the purpose of the CJMD. Right. That's mm -hmm. to give them the per that, that permission to use our land for their live fire. Mm -hmm. um, now, and this is a lot of, uh, this is a huge area, um, and this is not the only area they have. And I don't have the number for this one, but they have a similarly large area around the Hawaiian Islands. And they have other areas off of California. And in fact, there's a corridor that goes from this giant um, oceanic training range in, in, uh, around the Hawaiian and the northern Hawaiian Islands to this training range in the Mariana Islands. So mm. the Pacific's their playground. That's just exactly what it is. And the problem with this is, is that they are exempt from environmental laws. They do not have to face consequences when they, when they kill marine life. They, it's just it's kind of an open ticket for them to do whatever they want. And it, you know, it comes down to they're out of control. They're, they're, there's going to have to be training. We all know that. But you don't have to just grab all this, this area and all this land, all this water, and, and have an un, uncontrolled amount of training that, that kills the very things you're supposed to protect. I guess the, the question that we're all sort of watching play out is who's going to stop them and how. But yeah, left to their own devices, there's, they don't really seem to see anything as sacred or valuable outside of like a military perspective. Yeah, they're, they're totally focused on, on, on their mission. Um, you know, it's good to be focused, but 
you, sometimes you, you lose perspective, and the perspective is they're out there to protect the United States of America, the people, the environment that we, that we depend on for our existence. And when they start destroying land and destroying people's lives for practice, Mm-hmm. And when that is at a level that is over the top and unnecessary, and they're destroying U.S. land, yeah, and it's it's very very hard for us in the Pacific to look at this and not feel that there's a racist element to this, because I sincerely believe they would never do this to Americans in the mainland. They wouldn't take 24 percent of California. They wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't do what they did in the uh, Bikini Islands. They they wouldn't do nuclear testing. Yeah, they wouldn't blow up Yellowstone. You know, yeah, they wouldn't right. be shooting sniper rifles into the Grand Canyon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. They wouldn't do that. No, but when you look at their records, you see that they do this on minority communities, especially the ones that nobody's aware of. Mm-hmm. And you see, I've seen pictures of, of ordnance that are near misses on American Indian reservations. And I you know we know what's happened to Kaolabe, the Hawaiian island that they use for training for so many years. And that's a place if you go on that land, you just you just look at it and you just want to weep. Yeah, they basically made a a Hawaiian island look like Utah or Nevada. <laughs> yeah, they really have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I shouldn't laugh because it's really tragic. But it, well, it's, it's unbelievable. Sometimes it's hard not to laugh. Yeah, it's an uncomfortable kind of laugh. Yeah, isn't I guess it? so. Yeah, it, it, I personally find it offends me as an American because I, I just believe that American ideals really are about justice and they are about fairness. It's about human rights. It's about protecting the individual. Um, it's about protecting the, the things that we value. And yet all these American ideals do not apply to the brown people in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. They, they're irrelevant. The mm-hmm. Navy has, since they've, since they've been out here, since before the Trust Territory days, since the time when we, during World War II when they started doing nuclear tests and telling people to leave their islands uh, and, and then they can, don't tell them they're never going to come back. The, just the, the amount of damage they've done to communities, the amount of death that they've, they've caused. Um, I mean, just look at the record of the Marshall Islands and how many people died from radiation exposure. Or every bird that used to live on Guam. Yep, the Navy brought in the brown tree snake, failed to control it. They've been studying it for uh, so many years, mm-hmm. but they have never done anything to keep the numbers down. And we've lost all our forest birds, which is very convenient because those are endangered species. And in your EIS, you need to be aware and try to mitigate and try to avoid damage to endangered species. But if there aren't any, you got a green light. That's okay. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I really am getting off the topic of the okay, numbers. Back to the numbers. Yeah. So now... 6,000, that's the number of explosive bombs that the MIT authorizes for the island of Farallon and Mendoniza. Over what period of time? Um, that's per year. Okay. 6,000 explosive bombs per year. Now, the number was 2,150 per year until the, uh, the MIT change, which was just a few years ago. Okay. Okay, and that's a 300% increase. And how big is FDM again? It's a tiny island. It's also the closest northern island. Mm -hmm. And uh, it also is on top of the largest coral reef in Micronesia. Now, the MIT also authorized the Navy to to have some percentage of incidental damage to the coral reef Mm -hmm. and very specifically gives it a level of authorized destruction of endangered coral reef. So this, this, is, this is what they've authorized themselves. This is what they decided they get to do. Now, Farallon and Mendoniza is a small island that we in the CNMI um, leased to the Navy as part of the negotiation to become part of the United States. 
and we leased it for them for training purposes. Mm -hmm. But they're also supposed to return that island in the condition that it was given. And that is not possible now because they bombed it to such a heavy degree that it's, it's just, almost two islands. It's like a patch of grass, basically. Yeah, look at it. You can I, look at I'm it at Google, up, and yeah. all, you can see it's just gray. It's a it's a dead island. I'm looking up um, how big it is. So it's 1.7 miles long, and uh, less than a mile wide. Right, and in the middle of this island, there's a very very small uh, neck that connects the south and the and the north. Um, which has deteriorated to such a point that it may soon cease to exist and we literally will have two islands. It's a migratory bird island. It's, it's a major migratory bird breeding uh, ground. Well, it's just, I, I don't know, I mean, if it's an island that small and they're dropping 6,000 bombs on it over the course of a year, did you say? Yeah, per year. Of course year. they're bombing the reef. Uh, they oh. can't not be missing the island no, and bombing yeah. the reef. The, the, the hilarious, sad hilarious thing is the Navy and the Air Force insists that they don't miss. <laughs> and mm -hmm. yet it's a practice island, a tiny practice island, and they do miss mm -hmm. because underwater around people have seen, uh, uh, people working for the local state level, the CNMI level government, um, have been down there and they've seen the ordinance and the destruction on the reef. Um, plus, the, there's another aspect to this. This is the largest coral reef. It's, it's a great fishing ground and we're not allowed to fish there when they're training. Mm -hmm. And they're training a lot. And very often, when they're not even supposed to be training, people will go out and all of a sudden, a Navy a plane will show up. It's a good example of the way military actions not only uh, deplete like a food source that's natural and healthy, when we have like a, a population here that's just completely destroyed by diabetes, basically, but also, you know, that's a, a potential economic boom that has been robbed of the people, you know, it, it just, all of these things have so many different results and they're all damaging to the local community. Yeah, they do damage it. But yeah, it all, it all starts to add up and it's, it's a pattern in a, of neglect. Yeah, the, Na the Navy's been, um, is just really, really bad for the Pacific. They, I mean, we know they're the world's largest polluter, but um, what people don't, most people don't realize is the extent of, of their abuse of the Pacific Islanders. I'm told Roseman Santos that they were the best environmental stewards in the world. Yeah, they like to do that. They like mm -hmm. to say, we're, our record of environmental stewardship is great. Well, you can't go saying you're a great environmental steward when all the things that you do are simply cleaning up your mess and uh, mitigations to get permission to do something horrible somewhere else. Yeah. That's not and stewardship. And failing to clean up your mess completely, you know, maybe like burying your mess, you yeah, know? they buried <laughs> it. They actually had to be sued to clean up Tanapig, mm -hmm. which meant removing a lot of soil. But, yeah, anyway. So what other numbers I got here? Uh, how about this one? This is 680860 that's the number of field artillery, artillery, shells, mortars, rockets, and grenades projected to hit Tinian and Pagan over 60 years. Six million? Six million, eight hundred eighty thousand, eight hundred sixty. Shells, rockets, mortars, grenades, field artillery. That's for both Tinian and Pagan. And that's based on the draft CJMT estimate of 114,000 plus per year for 20 and 15 weeks of live fire training for Tinian and Pagan 
respectively. And the military is claiming that they will then return the islands the way they found them. Well, um, they, they have a requirement, uh, part of the technical agreement for, the, for FDM to return it in the condition they got it. Mm -hmm. um, and they are, they are, they do not have to return our land in the same condition they got it. They, they are supposed to clean up the mess but they rarely clean up the mess anywhere. What they do is they turn it into a wildlife habitat, and then they add that to their record of environmental stewardship. And they say, look how many environmental habitats we've created. Well, they uh, put a positive spin to a very negative thing, which is they fail to clean it up to a level that human beings can occupy it. So then they make it a wildlife habitat. Right. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So we will, get, we will get our islands back one day, um, but here's another number. It's it's 2,076. That is a year. That's not a that's not a number of things except years. But that's <laughs> a 200, 2,076 is the year that Pagan would be returned to the CNMI if it's not automatically extended. These plans also include automatic extensions of another 60 years. Mm -hmm. 2,076. Wait, I'm sorry. So it starts with 60 years, and then there's an automatic extension. Yeah. They, Why won't they just say it's 120 years? That sounds oh, like 120 years to me. Well, I think the reason for that is because any, and that's what this number is on this this list for, because in 2,076, that means that anybody who's over 30 years old today will be at least 90 years old. Mm -hmm. So essentially, almost everybody is going to be dead mm -hmm. when that comes back. And then the automatic thing kicks in. Mm. Now, it's an easier sell to sell 60 years than 120 years because people don't think about it. If and you no think one will have it, known what was lost yeah, they, they, in that time. They, they will not. No one yeah, will know. No one will have been involved in the decision to allow the Navy to take this thing for, for the next 60 years. Mm -hmm. So it's just a very clever way of letting people not think about it. If you tell them 120 years and they immediately say, oh, I'm not going to see that, neither are my grandchildren. But you say 60 years, and they, oh, well, I'm 60 years old. They, they don't think about it. Yeah. And that's, that's a trick. That's, it's just a trick. And plain it's, and such simple. A, it's such like a, a clear illustration of uh, what's plaguing our culture right now is that as environmental destruction happens, none of us who are, you know, alive today know what the world was like before all of this destruction happened. <laughs> none of us know to miss the forests that are gone on Guam. Yeah. You know? Yep. And so this is just like consciously facilitating that happening. Yeah, it, it's what you said is really it's true and it's kind of profound. Um, and Thanks, I, Uncle I've Pete. yes, very good. I, <laughs> I approve of that. But you know, when when I joined um, local state level fish and wildlife here in the CNMI, um, I suddenly became aware of the natural world in a way that I'd never never looked at it before. Instead of looking at a hill and saying, well, that's a beautiful green hill. Look at all that. So those, those pretty little pink flowers. Now I look at a hill and I say, oh man, that hill is being overrun by vines. Mm -hmm. And I know that pink flower is from a very, very aggressive vine. And I know that everything under those vines is either dead or dying. And I know that another tree will never grow there because it won't ever, it, its seeds will never see the sunlight. It'll be covered by vines. And, and, I, and so I try to imagine, I try to think back, what would that hill have looked like before it was covered with vines? What would it have looked like? Vines are an invasive species? Yeah, well this, all, our islands, and it, this is pretty much worldwide, islands are very vulnerable to invasive species damage um, because there's, there are so few um, species on the islands to begin with. And when a new species comes along, it's kind of, it's got no enemies. 
mm-hmm. and it has an environment and if, if it happens that that environment supports it that that organism it just goes nuts and then you have a problem mm-hmm. but yeah that's this is a kind of a th- uh, it's a fact that it's very hard for people to know what they've lost if they've never seen it if they've never experienced it and that's what's going to happen in 60 years people will they'll say oh this is the world the world was always like this Saipan's always been a weed patch and that speaks and they to the, the cultural loss as well that will come with the loss of these islands yeah. the Chamorro culture itself who knows what that will be in 120 years but if this happens and chances are no one's going to know what to miss Right, and, and I know what the culture will be like if this happens. There will be none. Um, this is what will, I believe will literally happen. The, the Saipan, whose, whose economy is based on tourism, is not going to be able to overcome the stigma of being in the middle of the world's largest live firebombing range. It's, you're just not going to be able to market that, frankly. Mm-hmm. So the place is going to die economically, and the people are going to move. They're going to join the diaspora, the, the Chamorros in other parts, and the Rafalawash, we have these two indigenous races here. They won't be able to stay in their homeland anymore. They're going to have to leave. And when they leave, they'll be assimilated. Their kids won't learn their language. Their kids will be have their cell phones. They'll be going to whatever's the latest thing. They'll be absorbed and, and overwhelmed by Western culture. So that is why the late governor, uh, uh, Enos, Eloy Enos, said, that the military's plan, the CJMT, is an existential threat to the people of the CNMI. It's, tr- it's true. We will cease to exist. Um, want some more numbers? Sure. Okay. Well, here's, here's the number of bombs up to 1,000 pounds to be dropped on Tinian and Pagan over 60 years. Hit me with it. 10,596,000. <laughs> Thousand pound bombs on these tiny islands. It's going to look exactly like FDM. Yeah, it'll basically be a weed patch. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't lose. You can't do that without losing the soil. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be pretty bad. Um, here's another one. This is a much bigger number for a much smaller thing. It's the number of small arms munitions up to 50 caliber to be shot on Tinian and Pagan over 60 years. Okay. It's 295 million, 538,580. And all of those shells contaminate soil. Yeah, pretty pretty area, much right? all, all these things they're they're explosive and now we're not this is small arms munitions mm-hmm. and um, there's a lot of things they they count a lot of things precisely and they talk about a lot of things but they also don't talk about other things like just for instance what about um, depleted uranium you know depleted uranium is used for um, to make um, projectiles that will that will break through a tank's armor. Okay. okay. They use that in Vieques Island in Puerto Rico. It's mm-hmm. an island that the military, the Navy, trained on for 60 years. In fact, here's some of those numbers. So these are numbers. This is what happened to the people in Vieques Island, which is a much, much bigger island than mm-hmm. any of our islands. Um, and after over 60 years of bombing practice, okay, 34% of the residents have toxic levels of mercury in their bodies. Fifty-five percent of the residents are contaminated with lead. And these are the people that stayed. The people that lived on Vieques Island. They're when not in the bombing range, range but they're they're nearby. Mm-hmm. They're nearby. Yeah. Okay. And fifty-nine percent of them are contaminated with arsenic. Um. Fifty-nine percent. Fifty-nine percent. With uh, arsenic. Arsenic. <laughs> That's got, horrible. Okay, we're laughing again because it's just like there's no. Yeah. How do you? How do you? 
accept that. Yeah, and, and the trouble, and the numbers, are, they're revealing. I mean, numbers mean a lot to some people's minds. They, numbers are what really do it. But it's also possible to get lost in the numbers. Say, well, that's a big number, that's a small number. But, but we're not talking about 34% of island residents. I mean, we are, but there's another way to put it. 34% of the men, children, men, women, and children, mm-hmm. of people's parents, their cousins, their friends, their 30% of the babies of everybody, <laughs> the people who live there. These are real human beings. Yeah. That's one out, more than one out of three is contaminated with mercury, toxic levels of mercury in their bodies. These Can are you imagine US that? U.S. citizens. This is Puerto Rico. They're, they're like us. They're second-class citizens. They're, mm-hmm. they're allowed to uh, have a U.S. passport, but they don't have representation in Congress. Uh, I'm not sure Puerto Rico's like Guam and the CNMI where we're allowed to vote for a representative in Congress, but that representative doesn't get a vote. I don't know. Can't vote for president. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you think about the fact that they were literally over half the population was poisoned with arsenic by the group that was supposed to protect them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's ludicrous. Yeah. The Navy's out of control. And, um, and, and so what do you do about something like that? What, what do you do to stop the Navy, right? And the answer, tr- historically, has been the, the main way to stop the Navy is through Congress, because Congress funds the Navy. Mm-hmm. So here we have these people in the territories like us, like Puerto Rico. Um, we have no representation with a vote. That means we have no clout. Um, we just, our congressperson just sits there be on a committee mm-hmm. um, but uh, we don't control the money we don't get to vote on anything we don't get to negotiate anything but Congress at one time told the Navy no in a very important way that affected the CNMI they told the Navy no you may not build that second that that extra military base on, on Tinian, Tinian. Mm-hmm. you can't do it because it's a big giant waste of money because you already have a Navy base on nearby Guam a huge one and you mm-hmm. also have an Air Force base on Guam, there is no need for a base on Tinian. So no, you can't have the money. Mm-hmm. And that's what they need to tell them about the bombing ranges. You don't need another bombing range. It's ludicrous to be training people on a tiny on tiny Micronesian islands to prepare them for battle in temperate zones in the desert. <laughs> you know, it's, mm-hmm. you don't need and such a small number of people, it's it's a waste of money. You can put them on an airplane and send them to join the 1.2 million people undergoing training in already built the, what, facilities. Like 30 million acres of yeah. land, whatever that number was. Yeah. Bought and paid for by the U.S. taxpayer. And so Congress will do that because, you know, Congress is a big competitor, or the, actually the Navy is a big competitor for funds um, in Congress. And and why, why would you as a congressperson representing your constituency not not think about what could be done with that money besides giving it to the Navy to squander. That makes sense, but I could just see them taking this land via eminent domain and, like, even if all of the efforts, you know, we stand up, whatever, like, and then the Navy has to go to Congress, I just see it happening, like, it's just written into a bill that everyone is arguing about for completely other reasons. You know, it's like a footnote because no one cares about the Marianas. We are too far away. People aren't even aware that we're here. 
But that's why things like this are very helpful because we can mm -hmm. get the word out and people can stand up for us. And Vieques had the exact same problem. And yes, unfortunately, the bombing ranges were built, but when enough attention was cast onto the issue, they didn't need a voting delegate because once Americans knew about it, they were like, how can we be doing this to our own people? And then suddenly the, the Navy backs off, right? Well, that, that's kind of what activism's about. Mm -hmm. um, you, you make the issues known. And it, it's very easy for someone to do something that's totally bad if nobody knows about it. It's not so easy when it's out there and people can see it. So that's what we have to do. We have to let people know, and we have to ask them to talk to their congressmen and congresswomen and remind them that all Americans count, even the ones on tiny islands. Any more numbers? Uh, let's see. Um, I think we're kind of done. All right. Well, thank you, Uncle Pete, for coming into the studio again and being depressing as usual. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>